Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast. The podcast we are seeking to lead change. We're also seeking to understand. We are also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite to develop and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, faith, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. And today we are joined by our special guest, Katie Harris. Make Katie feel right at home. Put those hands together. Put those clap emojis in the comment section. Katie has joined us today to talk to us about being a nursepreneur, how to create six-figure businesses for nurses. She is a PhD, MBA, and registered nurse. She is the nursepreneur mentor who has empowered thousands of nurses to monetize their knowledge and skills and businesses while inspiring them to change the way healthcare is perceived and delivered. She also strives to undo the perception that nursing care is limited to the hospital setting. Through her intensive mentorship program, Katie shows nurses how their nursing knowledge can transcend the hospital system into a profitable business. And today, again, she's here right here on the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast to have this discussion. Katie, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we just read a little bit about your bio, but tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from and what you do, Katie. Well, I, I've been a nurse for 20 plus years and I'm in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, I, I really got into this from the hospital setting. It's been 20 years working on a neurosurgery service and just wanted to grow and learn more things. And it was one of those things that they didn't want me to grow and learn. They wanted me to just stay, kind of stay in my lane. And it was very frustrating. Um, and a lot of nurses feel that. They feel that, like, what else am I going to do? What am I going to, where am I going with this? And, you know, I was just tired of the bedside and wasn't quite sure where to go. So I was always entrepreneurial, even when I was like six years old, I remember selling lemonade to construction workers that were building stuff in my, in my neighborhood. But um, it, it was, it's always been on my mind. It was always like, I wanted to do something more. I wanted to have some sort of impact and leave some sort of legacy. So uh, the whole question of what else can I do and where do I go from here really led me down this path of looking into entrepreneurial gigs. And I, I found a lot, uh, a lot of them, I mean, obviously most of them didn't last, but this one was very powerful because it spoke to me and I just had this idea and ran with it. So that's where I am. I'm here now, six years later, running this, this business, the Nursepreneurs. That's, in, that's incredible. Now you talked about how, um, changing the way healthcare is perceived and delivered. I'm not in the healthcare field. Uh, John and I are in the technology space. Uh, we do IT for a living. So what do you mean by that uh, when you talk about health, how healthcare is perceived and delivered? Yeah, so healthcare is very transactional. And I, I don't know if you've ever gone to the doctor or the nurse practitioner or into the healthcare system at all. And it's just kind of like, what's your insurance? Um, you know, here's your bill and here's your script. Go get it done. Lose 20 pounds and see me in six weeks. Like that is the healthcare system that we have. And that's really all it has time for because um, the providers have literally 11 minutes to see their patients in a given day. And they'll have a panel of 30 or 40 patients. And even in the hospital system where I worked mostly, it's almost, I always imagined the patients being on this conveyor belt because I would come in and I would have eight ICU patients as the nurse practitioner. I would move out six of them, get six more. And it was just kind of this constant movement uh, of people. And 
Um, unfortunately, a lot of them just, they stay in my memory as a collective, but I don't remember all that many patients because they move so quickly through. So I can only imagine the impact that has on a patient when they're in the bed, especially in a neurosurgical service. And I worked intensive care. So it was brain injury, ruptured brain aneurysms, brain bleeds, like, I mean, life-threatening types of, of conditions and to kind of um, go through that system like that in a very transactional way. Um, it's not something that I think we should be proud of. And it's something that I want to change. And I think it's something we can change. That That is great and very insightful. Um, very insightful. So how you talk about making that change, what are you doing as that entrepreneur? You talk about the entrepreneur side to change that perception of healthcare, nursing care, that's just limited to the hospital setting and beyond. Right. So one of the things that I realized early on in my career, so I have, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a dedicated schoolgoer and it's like the biggest joke in my family because I kept going back for degrees and I'm like, I got my MBA and then I got a master's and I got another master's and I got a PhD and then I got another master's. Oh, it's ridiculous. And, you know, each time I went in to get this degree, I kept thinking something was going to happen. And what happened is that I ended up back in the hospital system doing what I always did. And there's this, this hierarchy in the hospital where you have the nursing and then on the totem pole is the, the medical docs, uh, if you will. And as a nurse practitioner with 20 years experience, I only ranked as high to talk to the lowest man on the totem pole in the medical hierarchy. So I, I found that very frustrating and I, I needed an outlet. I needed something else and I needed to feel like um, I was contributing in some way because what I was contributing was putting out fires so the intern didn't get in trouble. And that's not the way, you know, I wanted to run healthcare. So I'm like, there has to be a better way. And in, in one of my uh, scenarios, I had a patient and I really needed to get this patient out of the hospital. It was a stroke patient, had to get him out because we needed that bed. And that sounds terrible, but that, that was the situation, except they didn't want to leave. And I was like, all right, you have to leave. You can't stay here. And I finally realized that the reason that they didn't want to leave was because they were so scared you know, imagine you had a stroke and of course you're scared, right? Uh, so scared to go home because they wouldn't have the security of the hospital staff around them. So if they got a, a headache or a twinge or, a, you know, something, uh, whatever uh, feeling, they wouldn't have anybody to talk to. So I said, here's my cell phone number. Just call me, text me, whatever for the next 30 days and uh, I'll take care of it. And they're like, oh, this is great. Thank you so much. And they left. And, uh, you know, I think they called me once. And after that, I discovered Medicare has this program called transitional care where you can actually bill patients or bill Medicare and get $300 a month per patient. Um, and that was the exact service, right, that you would follow up with those patients at 24, 48 hours. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. This would be great. I'm just going to work with patients as they leave the hospital, and I can be that kind of go-between for them. So really kind of listening to what the problems were. And that was one way that I wanted to change healthcare was um, by offering this service to give them that comfort when they were leaving the hospital. So they had a, a human person that they knew that they could trust and they could talk to uh, when they got home. Very interesting. So you had mentioned um, on one of your pages that you are teaching people to build businesses using their current expertise. 
what types of expertise do you typically look for? Or maybe maybe you're not looking for a specific one. Which type are you finding? So nurses have a very wide range, as you can imagine. So, you know, I have nurses that have spent their whole life on, let's say, an oncology ward, a uh, cancer ward, right? And they've specialized in, let's say, breast cancer. So they can take that knowledge. They literally have worked, they've worked five years, they've worked 10,000 hours. And that's, you know, the, the golden magical number. If you have 10,000 hours of practice in something, you become a master. But um, I mean, that's just three to five years. I have nurses that are 20 years out, which means they have tens and tens of thousands of hours working with breast cancer patients. This, when I started in entrepreneurial circles, I saw people who knew somebody who had breast cancer and they're like, oh, I'm going to make this my mission in life and I'm going to help people with breast cancer, which is, is, is wonderful. However, it doesn't compare to the nurse who has this experience of thousands and thousands of patients who have gone through the breast cancer experience and that expertise that they have, the knowledge of the science behind it, um, you know, what works, what doesn't work, uh, helping the patients cope afterwards, which is a huge problem in cancer. Once you go into remission, it's kind of like all your resources go away and that's where patients become very vulnerable. Um, you know, so bringing that expertise to the patients in a very, I'm going to say non-healthcare related way, <laughs> meaning that they're open to many different um, ideas and philosophies of Western medicine, Eastern medicine, holistic medicine, um, and, and just letting the patients talk and, and help them through that cancer treatment. So that type of expertise, someone like myself with 20 years neurosurgery experience, uh, with the, the stroke patients, we did that with um, neurosurgery first assist. So we have nurses that work with the surgeons in the OR and we train nurses to do that. So that was another area of expertise that I had. Um, and then I've had nurses who worked with patients with lupus or multiple sclerosis and really just kind of help them through their journey. So you had mentioned, though, that on your website, it says, something about if you don't have a degree, like I look at your list and you have about as many degrees as a thermometer, um, <laughs> but somebody with less qualification, how can they, how can they two part question, how can they become a partner and sort of nursepreneur? And is this occupation require them to leave their current situation or do they have, is it kind of a progression or how does that work? Okay, I'll answer the second question first, which is it's definitely a progression because it, as you know, any entrepreneurial journey is going to be uh, a varying lengths depending on uh, what kind of mindset blocks and obstacles you put up. But for for me, you're right. I have lots of degrees, so people will say, "Well, you know, you're you're special. You have all these degrees. Of course, you can do this stuff." But one of the things that I found out early on um, is that I had a lot of mindset issues in the in the beginning. And I was chugging away at this business and I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure it out? Everybody else is making like a million dollars with their funnel and I can't make $2 to save my life. And um, it, then I met this associate's degree nurse and she put this business together and she was doing awesome like six weeks later. And I thought, it, you know, it's, it's not the degrees, the, the degrees that I have, are, you know, they're great and, and they make me look prestigious and authoritative, but they don't make me a good entrepreneur. And to rest on the degrees and think that these are going to help me in business was just really the wrong approach um, the entire way. So 
I try and minimize the degrees as much as possible because, I mean, the MBA alone, I mean, that teaches you to be, uh, to work in corporate, right? It doesn't help you start a business. And actually, I had to unlearn a lot of the things that I learned in my MBA degree. None of my master's degree or my PhD have taught me anything about running a business. So they're, they're really useless <laughs> in my business. Like, they don't give me anything other than credibility, which is huge. But um, at the same time, I think having a, the, a brand wrapped around you and case studies or testimonials or just emphasizing your experience and your expertise goes way further than, uh, you know, all the degrees that you could put behind your name. You talk about your intensive mentorship program. What does that entail? So we have uh, coaching cohorts of where we work with four nurses at a time in very close proximity to help them to discover that expertise. Because as you can imagine, the mindset piece when you're building a business like that is huge, right? So they can come up, they have the patient population, they know who they want to work with. Let's say it's multiple sclerosis. And I'm thinking of a nurse in particular. So multiple sclerosis, she's going to do coaching with these uh, patients, and she's going to help them do X, Y, and Z. She's got her packages and all that. Um, and the next move, right, is to start telling people that you have a business, start connecting with people who maybe work with that patient population, such as MS doctors or uh, whatever. And invariably, there's a million reasons why they can't do it, why they can't do it this week or this month or, or whatever. And it all comes back to the mindset piece and believing that they have the permission to do it and that they're the ones that need to step up and do it. And so that's where we, we come in with intensive coaching to not just show them the business because that's that's the easy part. We can put the, the business together pretty quickly, but implementing the business because they believe they can do it is a whole nother ball game. And that's, that's what we work with the nurses with very intimately. Absolutely. So just for clarification, you're not still actively doing nursing. You're doing entrepreneurship full time, correct? Well, I like to think that I'm still nursing. <laughs> okay. You know, I say once a nurse, always a nurse, but yet I'm not working in the hospital system. Let's say that. Gotcha. Okay. Go ahead, bro. So this question came to mind as I was sort of planning for this. I'm looking at, I don't want to get into a vaccination debate, but <laughs> at all, for real. You, you opened it. <laughs> no, I really don't. Um, I, it, I do. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but how, ha, but I see a lot of news reports with uh, nurses leaving the field due to demands of getting vaccinated whether someone feels they should be they should be mandated or not that's not really relevant to the conversation that it could be but it's not going to be i guess um but essentially some nurses are getting pushed out of the field how does that affect this uh being a nursepreneur and would it in fact th the nursepreneurship give an another opportunity for those with experience in nursing who no longer can nurse within the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to have those nurses. And in fact, they have studies that show 33% of nurses that uh, enter into the nursing field, finish their four-year degree before that first year is over, they have left for a new profession. 
50% wow. of nurses have an intent to leave the profession. So these nurses that, um, you know, it, it's kind of a, a bigger, broader question that you're asking because mm -hmm. COVID has really just unleashed a whole I, I showing of how the hospital system treats nurses more as commodities that are replaceable. So we're going to furlough you, we're going to furlough you, and then you come back when we tell you to come back and this kind of stuff. And we're just replaceable. And that's mm -hmm. how I felt years ago, which is why I left. But I think COVID has exposed it to a whole new level. And yeah, those nurses that are leaving the profession, whether it's because they're not going to get vaccinated or because they're just exhausted of, you know, beating their head against the wall because they're not getting anything done in the hospital system. Those are the nurses that uh, tend to gravitate towards us and they have 20, 30 years experience and they're going to go be a barista at Starbucks, which is great. There's no, nothing against that, but um, you know, oh my God, <laughs> like come to nursepreneurs, like let us tap into that knowledge. So can you give clarification to then if a nurse says, I got, I'm, I don't agree with what's going on in within my profession. I need I need a, a pivot. I got to go something slightly different. I've been doing this so long. This is what I know. This is what I do best. Love helping people. I think of nurses kind of like teachers. They got into it for one re certain reason, and then as they got as they get into it, they realize there's so much more to the profession than they ever hoped for. Um, more as in more red tape, more things to deal with than actually helping people. How can can you walk us through? or unpack how it is that if someone says, Hey, nursepreneurs, I need help. What does that look like? Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So when the nurses come to us and they, they come to us for a variety of, of reasons, but most of it's just, I mean, the bedside's tough and, and patients aren't getting smaller. Uh, they're getting heavier and it's just physically demanding job. Uh, on top of everything. So uh, a lot of people, especially in their 40s and 50s, are like, I just, I can't keep doing this. And nursing is such a huge, huge field. I mean, you could work at NASA as a nurse, you can work at the school as a nurse, you can work anywhere. I mean, there's really no place that a nurse doesn't really belong. Um, so one of the first things that we like to do is talk about their career and what they've done and what they like about what they've done. And, you know, for me, the first step is just having a very casual conversation, trying to get to know that person and their personality and how they like to work and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I usually start off the conversation with, imagine you had, I don't know, a trillion dollars and all the time in the world. And, and after you went to every beautiful beach in, in the world and your board of massages, like what would you do with yourself? And that's where I'm, I'm looking for them to talk about things that, they might not have imagined they could do. So I had a nurse that had come to me at one point and she's like, I want to be a health coach. And I said, okay. But every time I talked to her about being a health coach, she was really depressing. And I was just like, oh my God, this is going to not work out at all. Like this, this woman just does not like health coaching. Um, but then we were in a meeting uh, with like, we had a meetup with a bunch of nurses and one of the nurses was complaining that she couldn't do this tech and system stuff. And this nurse who wanted to be a health coach was like, oh my God. And she jumped in and she just revamped her entire like funnel and active campaign and created all this stuff for her. And I was like, you didn't tell me that you liked computers. Like I didn't know that you liked tech and system and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm like, there's a place for you there. And she was so happy. She was so excited. And from there, we were able to craft a business where she actually works within nursepreneurs now and helps our nurses with um, with their funnels in active campaign and job form and all kinds of different areas. 
on, on your website, you talk about having unshakable self-belief in business. I think that's really critical um, for those who want to be in the entrepreneurship. Because again, we're talking about nursepreneurs, but I think that this principle goes beyond the, the nursing and the healthing, uh, health field. Uh, it's a principle that can be applied to any area of business. So when you talk about unshakable self-belief in business, what do you mean by that? I mean that you have to believe that uh, you can do it and you have to be all in. And I, I have we have multiple different courses. I have all different types of courses and I have students that jump from course to course to course to course, thinking that something is going to happen if they take that course. And honestly, nothing's going to happen if you take that course. What's going to happen is once you decide that you're all in in a program and you want to take it to the next level, you have to verbally commit to the process. So my sister right now is, is interested in taking our IV. We have an IV hydration course and she's interested in taking that. And she's like, oh, but I don't know business and I don't know this and I don't know that. And I was like, oh my God, stop. I mean, all we're going to do, all you need to do is say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to see it through and I'm going to make it happen. And I said, everything else will just open up from there. But if you're going to dip one toe in the water to see if it works, I promise you about 3,000 obstacles are going to come up and 20,000 reasons why you can't do this. But you have to, all you need is one reason. You just have to want it and you have to believe that you can do it. Yeah. If you're looking for an obstacle, it'll show up in the, within five minutes. <laughs> it will. Go ahead, man. Oh, no, bro. Go ahead. You're good. So part of then what you're teaching is not necessarily just you're, so you're not even in having to teach the practice of nursing stuff. It's more of teaching these well-rounded nurses or expert nurses with specific expertise in nursing now how to just be a business owner. That's where the mindset shift really goes. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's certainly a confidence level there that because I, you know, one of my first. Um, programs, I said, oh, leverage your nursing expertise and turn it into a business. And I thought that was pretty clear. But uh, when I got on the phone with nurses, they wanted me to tell them what business they were going to start. And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> you need to tell me what kind of business you're going to start. Uh, and I realized that that message wasn't clear. It required way too much work on their part in, in a lot of ways. So, you know, we had to, that's why we started creating programs for them. Um, but now I'm kind of back to that you know, let's talk about um, this expertise that you have. And so this is where our small cohort coaching comes in, where we work with um, just a couple of nurses at a time. And uh, they'll tell us what their expertise is. So I have a student that does uh, wound care. She's an expert, expert in wound care and helps home care agencies who have wound care patients. Now in home care, having a wound care patient is very, very expensive because of the practices that they do. And the practices are actually outdated and somewhat harmful to the patients, which is a little disturbing. Um, and they get dinged a lot by Medicare. So they don't like to take these, these wound care patients. So she's coming in with her expertise, which is wound care and saying, that's not the way that you should be doing it. This is the way that you should be doing it. And this is what's gonna help the patients. And she can take, um, a patient that has taken six weeks to heal and heal them with one in one to two weeks just by changing up the regime of how they do wound care. So that kind of stuff is, is really, really powerful. Um, and we have another nurse who 
transitions. Uh, she does turn. She's a turnaround specialist and helps long-term care agencies from going bankrupt and from being hit by all kinds of fines from, from Medicare for um, the way that the the property is run. So, hmm. yeah, these different levels of expertise, and it's all over the map. Um, so it's really just a matter of them coming with something specific that they have in mind, uh, and we just help them wrap the business around it and then uh, then show them how to run that. So is there any areas then that you see or th- that there's a lack a lack of expertise currently from the nourishpreneurs, like maybe it's insurance or something along those lines that if someone said, I I have something in this, you'd say, wow, there is, we have nothing there right now. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's lots of places. One of our, one of the programs that we do have is chronic care management, which is a Medicare program that actually prevents patients from being remitted into the hospital just by simple care coordination, right? So if you're if a doctor, let's say your mom uh, goes to a doctor's office, right? And they see her for 11 minutes and then six months later, they see her again. Um, Medicare's program says, well, if you spend an additional 20 minutes and actually follow up with her and call her on the phone and maybe coordinate some services for her, uh, the reduction rate in readmissions is massive. And they spend about $14,000 per patient on Medicare in readmissions. So Medicare came out with this program where um, they will pay and they pay a lot of money to um, implement this care coordination. But because it's Medicare, it's super complicated and annoying and just hard to do. Mm -hmm. So our nurses uh, are able to, they act as consultants and less than 20% of primary cares at this moment um, are utilizing that Medicare program, which is just really shameful at some level. So yeah, we need tons of, of chronic care management consultants in that in that area. Did you guys do anything then? Just curious. That's just an off the wall question. You can go ahead, Lafayette. You guys do anything then within like the direct pay um, sort of area? I don't. I so, personally, I don't even have insurance. And Lafayette doesn't even know this. I have. <laughs> ins- I have things covering my family. Why? I don't use a traditional insurance plan. <laughs> Meaning I do a direct pay physician. So I pay a doctor a monthly thing, kind of like a health club. And I yeah. show he has way less patients. I can come in basically any day and any time I want. And he takes care of my family like the other doctors do. I use a Sedera plan. So Sedera is like a um, you pay a mo- you pay a monthly thing, kind of like you would insurance. But and you have sort of a deductible, but then it covers expenses over a deductible. It's very similar to insurance, but my 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 things go through a cash pay. Meaning, so for example, my wife used to go and get blood work. And every time she went and go through the insurance, it would come back and it would bill me $350 for blood work at the lab. I'm like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Fast forward. I go to the direct pay thing. Start there. He says, hey, welcome, blah, blah. She's telling about some issues she's having. So, all right, well, we'll have to do some blood work. I'm like, hold on. Through the insurance cost me 350 bucks every time, which is outrageous. And he goes, Oh, well, I just give you it's my cost. Same what lab? I told him, okay. He's like, Yeah, same thing. He goes, It'll cost you thirty five dollars. Yeah. No insurance, cash pay. Yeah, Lafayette, you're looking at me with uh judgment eyes there. And yeah, thirty five bucks, dude. And uh no judgment eyes. I'm just trying to figure out how we brothers, we friends, you didn't tell me about this, but we'll talk after the recording. <laughs> you have my number. Yeah. All right. so, um, 
Mm-hmm. These are all new things I've put. I've just done in the last few months, so that's why. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I realized how much the insurance costs me going through that. So I feel like there's got to be opportunities for these same nurses in that field. And I, I got to imagine people are moving towards this same direct pay or scenario plans and so forth, because what I was paying in insurance was getting ridiculous and it wasn't covering anything. No. Yeah. No, the insurance, I mean, they're the most powerful players in, in healthcare and it, it's very frustrating because there's no transparency whatsoever. Mm-mm. So ironically, it, you know, and that area is called direct primary care. And back in 2012, that was one of because I'm a nurse practitioner, that was one of the areas that I thought, oh, I'm going to start this membership program. It's going to be direct primary care model. And I'll just have a panel of 500 patients, which might mm-hmm. sound like a lot, but a normal primary care has about 5,000. Correct. Um, so you know, I, I thought this was a great idea. One of the problems was that I didn't have an unshakable self-belief that I could do it. So that kind of fell to the side, but it's an absolutely incredible model. And it's, um, I, I have interviewed some nurses on my podcast about that model. I'm very excited about it. The IRS does still, they, you know, trying to say that DPC or direct primary care is insurance and it's not, uh, but it's, it's the way of the future. Um mm-hmm. After uh, one of the things that stopped me from doing direct primary care was I ended up getting hired by corporate Walmart to work in, they have clinics down South in South Carolina, Georgia, and Texas that our nurse practitioner run. And one of the dying wishes of of Sam Walton apparently was to create transparency in, um, in healthcare because he was uh, in his old age, he was dying of uh, multiple myeloma and, Uh, he would go to the hospital and needed an MRI and he would say, you know, how much is this MRI going to cost? And nobody could tell you. (laughs) It it depends. It depends on like 63 different factors that your insurance company is going to negotiate. And it could be $300. It could be $5,000 and anywhere in between. Hmm. Well, your website, you, you talk about entrepreneurs versus wealth builders think that's interesting. What what do you mean by that? Um, so one of the phenomena that I've had is that I'll have nurses call me and they'll say, you know, how to make money really fast. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, go pick up some overtime shifts. Or they'll say, yeah. um, you know, how do I, um, you know, how do I get out of debt? Or can you give me um, pay- these extended payment plans because I have all this debt and I don't have any money. And I, you know, I'd say, look, you know, if you, if you don't have any money, then you can't start a business because <laughs> that's what you need money to start this business. I'm like, you're going to need at least five or 10,000 in cash or credit just to get this launched and off the ground. And that's really low volume. So, you know, my course price is not the problem here. So, and then I have some nurses that come in and that's all they want is just money. And I'm like, entrepreneurialism to me is solving a problem and making an impact. And if you want to do those things, the money will follow, but you have to do those things because you love doing them. And it took me three years to make any money. So if I didn't love what I was doing, it it would never have blossomed into what it is now, which is it's a seven figure business at this point. But, you know, for three years, it was a negative $300,000 business, you know? So, that that has to be the goal has to be the impact the goal has to be changing lives making your legacy learning growing and going on that journey if you want to get out of debt if you want to save money for the future if you just want to go on vacation oh my god go i don't know get the mint app and start sucking away money for for your for your vacation but don't start a business (laughs) that's just not the right way to go 
a quick few bucks is why they have pizza delivery. <laughs> yeah. Being serious, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But. What are some of the common myths of business that you found in your entrepreneurial journey? Um, that you're just one funnel away, which makes me crazy. Uh, because <laughs> for me, like I chased after a lot of those kind of messages for a while because I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with me. What you know, I put this funnel together and I'm not making a million dollars like everybody else. Um, and you know, also that concept of the making the money um, without spending the money, right? So there's two concepts there. The one with the funnel is that all the pieces have to be in place for the funnel to work. And if the pieces aren't in place, it doesn't matter how amazing the funnel is or how fast the funnel is or how pretty the funnel is. If the pieces aren't in place, you don't have the right audience. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't have the right message. Your copy's no good. Um, the funnel is not going to work. It, it just doesn't make any sense. So to focus on the research, the audience, and the problem that you're trying to solve is the most vital thing that you can do. Then your funnel can suck and you still make money because if people believe you, then they'll forgive your, your bad funnel skills. Um, and then the second uh, myth for me is that, um, you know, making the money quickly it's going to happen. Um, and it just, I, you know, it took me, I'm going to say I spent probably somewhere around 50 or $60,000 before I made my first thousand dollars. And, you know, I was like, woo, I made a thousand dollars, but then it's like, Oh, but I got up a $49,000 debt here. <laughs> you know, um, So it, it just, and it come, I'm sure it can come fast for other people. But typically, I think, you know, when you read these books, like, oh, I started a business in 24 hours and it cost me no money. Typically, that person has had experience running a business before. This is not their first rodeo, right? So, you know, put all that stuff aside and just start with the basics and don't compare yourself to everything else that's going on. And not only that, but a lot of these people that are saying they made a million dollars, forget to mention that they spent $1.5 million to make a million dollars. So these types of things. Uh, I think there's a lot of that, that hype going around. So, you know, just really kind of staying focused on the problem and your solution will get you where you want to go. You seem to, uh, I've heard you talk a lot about funnels. Can you take one step back and explain to the audience what a funnel is? I, I mean, I'm familiar with funnels. I'm not a funnel expert, but um, could you explain that real quick? Uh, so the funnel, so I, I use webinars, uh, and that's how I, I've made most of my money. So it's really just how to getting the person on the webinar. So how do I get somebody on my webinar registration page? And then they go to my thank you page. And from there, I give send them an email and say, hey, don't forget to come to my webinar. And they get a series of emails. Then after the webinar, um, they go into my sales page funnel. So they get directed to the sales page, and they get a series of emails that say, hey, don't come back and, and buy my course. And, you know, if you want this, then you need to, to buy the course. So they go to the course. And our funnel typically lasts about a week. So on Sunday or Monday, we send out the pre-webinar registration. Wednesday's the webinar. And then Thursday through Sunday is the sales page funnel with the cart closing on Sunday night. So like today. Um, and yeah, and then there's, there's all kinds of different funnels that you can do. Like, um, we can drive traffic to an opt-in page where somebody gives us their email address. We'll say, 
hey, do you want to know the secrets of starting a six-figure nurse business? Give us your email. And then they give us the email and that gives us the ability to send them emails, which is a very powerful tool. But from that page, they get a thank you page where typically we have a video that says, hey, so excited you're here and here's the next step of, of what to do. So we walk them through steps of what it is that we want them to do and what we want them to see in the succession that we want them to, to go through. Katie, give our audience uh, one last piece of advice or one last thing that you would like to share that you think that will help them. Um, so if they're, they're interested in starting a business, my advice would be to uh, really focus on how you like to work, right? So if you want to travel the world and be a nomad, you don't want to start a brick and mortar store. And I know that sounds obvious, but I've had to talk people out of starting some of our programs because I'm like, that just goes against everything you just told me you wanted. So being congruent and aligning yourself with what you believe in and what your what your purpose is, um, is really important. And then finding an audience that you enjoy working with, because if you don't like your audience, uh, <laughs> it's a huge problem, right? So this is like the one time in life you get to pick the people that you are around and you will attract the type of people um, that are like you. So whatever you project out in the world, if your mission and your vision and your values, that's what will come back to you, right? That's the type of, of audience that you're gonna attract. So spending a lot of time and being very thoughtful and intentional about um, what it is that you're gonna do and who you're gonna help and then finding the words to help them, find, figuring out what their problem is. That's kind of a, your, your bleeding neck, if you will. So, you know, obviously every there's a lot of problems out there and not all of them need to be solved and not all of them are worth, uh, you know, a dollar just to solve it. But um, there are certainly problems that you can attack and you can solve that will be meaningful and helpful to the people that you want to work with. Connect with Katie. You can do that several ways. Uh, first on her Instagram, her Instagram handle is at nurse underscorepreneur. Also on Facebook, nursepreneurs. You also can connect with her on LinkedIn, Katie Harris, and also visit her website, nursepreneurs.com. Is there anywhere else that would like our audience to connect with you at. Okay. No, that's be good. That's good. Great. Stay tuned in also here on Unscripted to, to everything that we have going on our various social media platforms. Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast is the name that we're under there on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Also, our Twitter handle is at Unscripted Lead. Instagram handle is at Unscripted Leadership. You can also stream this podcast on any where you get your podcast from from Apple to Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Stitcher, and so forth. Also, you can sign up for a mastermind group on our website, unscripted-leadership.com. While you're there, sign up for an unscripted email group. Once you sign up, you will receive a 10% off merch promo code all on unscripted-leadership.com. This has been another incredible episode. As always, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. We're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, God bless.